I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Podcast. I am your sleepy host, TJ McBride, and sitting next to me as usual is Brendan Vote. What's up, bud? Howdy. How you doing, man? What's your Twitter handle again? I forgot it. Bvote422. Follow the man. He just recently cracked four digits in followers. Big deal for me. Kind Big of famous. Time. Been waiting to hit a thousand followers for a long time. Uh, Chris Dempsey, I'm coming for you. Only like 21,000 short. Dude, so you're, you're almost there. Almost Don't worry. There. At least you're on the path now. But we are here for a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos, and a whole lot of trying to explain things that are very difficult to explain because this Western Conference playoff picture is just ridiculous. So Brendan Vote and I took the liberty of trying to figure out how this Western Conference playoff race is going to end. As of right now, seats 3 through 10 are only separated by 4 games and 4 losses. So pretty much anything can happen with about between 16 and 19 games left to go. So what TJ and I decided we should do is... This is very late last night, tired as hell, thinking it'd be a good idea. I think it'd be easy. We toss that at the end of the pod. Let's just go through the rest of their schedules. This is not easy. This is really hard. So important preface. We're going to be wrong about um, everything. 105% of this. This is for fun. <laughs> uh, second of all, pretty sure there are a bunch of math errors in mine. But the good news is it's going to be so hard for you to keep up at home. Good luck calling me out. Amen to that. All, All right. right. You just want to get into this? Yeah, dude. Let's, let's do it. start. This is the way I plan on doing this. We're going to start with the way that the seeds are currently laid out. So obviously, we're not going to cover Houston or Golden State. They are going to be the one or two seed, depending on how it shakes out. I don't care. I'm not talking about that part. So we're going to start at the three seed, which is Portland. So when you look at Portland, they are currently 39 and 26. They are the three seed in the Western Conference. They have 17 games left, 11 of which are against playoff teams, eight of which are on the road with nine at home. In addition to that, I do not believe they have a back-to-back remaining. Oh, yeah, one back-to-back. Yeah, they have two back-to-backs remaining on their schedule. So, where do you see them finishing out throughout this stretch? Okay, so this is funny because last night we tried to do this sort of off the dome without looking at the schedules, and I was saying, I don't know about Portland. I feel like that slip is coming. I went through the schedule... TJ, I have a hard time dropping them below 9 and 8. In see, I games. have them at 7 and 10. Okay. So I do see them starting to slide for sure. When you look at their schedule, it's kind of a weird one because there are good teams squeezed into every little crevice of this roster. You play the Warriors, and then you get the Heat, who aren't insane. Then you get the Cavs. Then you get the Pistons. Then you get the Clippers. Then you get the Rockets, Celtics, Thunder, and Pelicans in a row before taking on the Grizzlies, Clippers, Grizzlies, and then you finish the year Rockets, Spurs, Nuggets, jazz so it's not an easy schedule i am banking on the fact that i do not believe this team is as good defensively as it has shown and i do not believe that damian lillard can average 38 points for the next 
you know, it's 18 games or whatever it is. So I agree. I think, like, what are they, like, fifth in defensive rating or whatever right yeah, now? Yeah, something ridiculous. And that seems like a fake number, except here's the thing, dude. We're, like, 80% through the season. Yeah. So it's, it's like, if they're going to come back down to earth, when? And as much as I feel like what they, they're doing isn't sustainable, which is what I said last night, I look at all these games, even against their tough opponents, and the way Portland is playing right now, I just don't feel comfortable having them lose. I have a question for you, because I feel like, I can identify one of the games where we disagreed. Thursday, March 15th, Cavs in Portland. Yeah, I have the Cavs winning that game. I got Portland winning that game. See, this is the thing. I am not playoff ready LeBron is a different beast than December LeBron. And we saw that very vividly last night as the Nuggets when LeBron James hit three of the toughest shots I've seen him make in a (laughs) very long time. I will not bet against LeBron down the stretch. I know his team is not as good as it's been, but when LeBron flips the switch and like he said last night is at his peak as he says right now. LeBron thinks this is the best basketball he's ever played in his life. You know what else he said? I don't care if I'm the three seed, six seed, eight seed two seed and I wonder at this point like Toronto Boston one two is virtually locked in I saw how hard is Cleveland going to be playing every night I think LeBron will be I think LeBron is now in the mode of getting his team ready for this playoff push and he has so many younger newer players around him that he'll have to do that so I'm preparing for them to really go on a run because that is just what LeBron does so nine and eight, uh, you know, we'll, when we wrap this up, we'll sort of go through how the standings shake out. Just for me, I have them at nine and eight. Uh, Portland wouldn't move. So yeah, I have them at seven and ten, and that would move them. I have them at f- finishing the year at forty six and thirty six, and you have them finishing what at that point? Forty nine uh, and something. Uh, forty eight and something. Yeah, forty eight, thirty four. Forty eight and thirty four. So you know, I'm wrong, but we're both going to be wrong. But it is interesting to look at Portland's schedule because it is kind of back and forth and different. And what I think is really notable is that they have four road games against the Mavericks, Rockets, Spurs, and the Nuggets for their out of their last five games. Right. That's going to be a crucial stretch. Obviously, those of you at home listening to this podcast have April 9th circled with Portland coming to town. That's going to be a big game. Monumental, uh, man. The ones I'm really interested in also outside of that are March 18th and uh, 30th, and that would be the Clippers games, respectively, in either team's arena. Um, it's just a hard, like, the Blazers are a better team. But it's the Clippers, the way they're playing, it's just sort of hard to evaluate them right now. Um, I think Portland takes care of business against L.A. at home. I do wonder about that road game a little bit. That's going to be a tough one. And whenever you play a team that close together, it's just always going to be scary, right. treacherous waters. And that's a back-to-back, too. Sorry, yeah. the 18th ones on the road. So that's an interesting game that I have circled. Uh, anything else on the Portland Trailblazers you wanted to hit on before we move on? I think they're very good. I do. <laughs> okay. I changed is, my is tune. Is Damian Lillard the reason that they're that so is good? It. That's, so, that's what this comes back I to. I used to think too. Damian Lillard was like a fringe tier one guy. Oh, God. Don't pull the Lou Williams Not crap fringe all star. Not fringe all star. Not fringe all star. <laughs> like a fringe, like tier one, tier one A type of like. I wasn't sure if he was. He wasn't the Steph Curry point guard. He was on the Kyrie level of point guard. One of the guys, but was he one of the guys? Yeah. He's one of the guys. He is. I agree so, with that. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to New Orleans. New Orleans is currently 38 and 26, which has them as the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now they have 18 games left which will lead to 12 playoff opponents who are currently in the playoff picture again the playoff picture will change every five hours it seems like so that could change a little bit but as of right now 12 playoff teams 12 games at home six on the road so their schedule is favorable in that way that they have a ton of home games but as we know they struggle at home yeah they're actually a better team on the road right is that right I believe they are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. New Orleans is a tough team to evaluate because, A, first of all, we don't know if Davis is going to be healthy. 
I sort of did this assuming that he would be, it, with the exception of that first game coming up against Washington where I have him resting. So I have him losing that game. So I personally have New Orleans going 9-9 nine and nine in this stretch, which would put them at 47-35. and 35. I would have them dropping a little bit here, but they're still in the playoffs. This is a team that, I said it last night, you made me put a number on it on the spot. I'm still mad at you for that. I think like 20% <laughs> or something that yeah. they drop out. I like I, I go through the schedule and I have a hard time seeing New Orleans losing these games. I think they're a playoff team one way or another. I got them at 47 wins at the end of the season. There is one stretch and I actually agree with you. So I have the I have them going 10 and 8 to finish the year and being 48 and 38 to finish out the season. That could go unbelievably wrong very quickly. Between March 17th and March 22nd, all hell breaks loose for the Pelicans. The Pelicans have to play the Houston Rockets on the 17th, have a back-to-back against the Celtics. Those are both in New Orleans. They're they, losing both those games. I agree with that. But they have one day off, and then they have a back-to-back-to-back, something we you do not see much of in basketball, where they play on March 20th, the Mavericks, on the 21st, the Pacers, on the 22nd, the Lakers. Those are games they need to win. I know. And, and it, while they absolutely are talented enough to do so, the schedule is going to make it so damn difficult when you play six teams in eight days that you think that you're somehow going to be able to win all of those games. That makes me very nervous about this team. I agree. I had that three-game stretch circled as well. I don't know about you. I have them winning that Dallas game after two games off after Boston. I do too. I think I have them losing both. I think I have them losing. I think the Pacers are a good team. That could be a trap game. And I think playing a, a third game in a row against the Lakers with the Lakers playing much better here to end the season that you know, maybe two weeks ago that looked like a sure win for New Orleans. I got them dropping that game. So yeah, that, I would not be surprised if they lost four or five on that stretch. And then, by the way, they get the Rockets again two days later. I know. That's the thing, is that they get one day off, and then you're right back to Houston, and then you get two days off before Portland, and then you get Cleveland and the Thunder. Like, their schedule is not kind to them in the way that it's broken down. Lots of home games, though, and there is some rest on the back end and front end. It's just that middle stretch against where there's actually bad teams that the schedule could just eat them alive. And those final two games, Clippers, Spurs, potentially both, both teams still in the playoff race right up until those games. There's going to be a lot of these races that just aren't decided until the last week of the season. That's what I came to the conclusion after doing all this is that there's just so many division games and so many Western Conference games at the very end of the season that so many guys are going to have to go through to be able to get to where they want to be in the playoffs. What are we, like two teams deep here? My head hurts already. Yeah, so wait, what did you have them finishing, the Pelicans? So the Pelicans, if they go 9-9 and in that stretch, would finish... 47 and 35, which would have them tied with Minnesota. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, but we'll I have them at 47. I have them at 10 to eight, at 10 and 8, and that's 48 and 34, which might be a little bit too gung ho about this team. So I'm not have, sure if that's going to be accurate. You and I are kind of flipped here on Portland, New Orleans with the 48 wins. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So San Antonio is next. They are currently the five seed, 37 and 27. They have 18 games remaining, zero back to backs, but 14 of the 18 games they have left are against playoff opponents, with eight of them coming on the road. And as we mentioned last night the Spurs have a below 500 record against teams who have an above 500 record yes. so that does not bode well for the San Antonio Spurs I have them struggling in these last 18 games Me I have too. them going 7 and 11 in these last 18 games and finishing 44 and 38 7 11 I got them going 8 and 10 
So we're similar, at least in that, that we don't think this team is going to be a 500 team throughout this. And it's just tough. I mean, you come out the gate with these next three games at Golden State, at Oklahoma City, at Houston. Then you have to go back to back home in San Antonio, which is still a travel day because you're going from one kind of they're going from Houston to San Antonio. So it's not really a travel day. But you then have to play or the the Orlando Magic on a back to back. You get one day of rest and then you get Pelicans, Timberwolves, Warriors, Wizards, Jazz, Bucks, Wizards. Thunder, Rockets, Clippers. And the Timberwolves have three days off, too, before yeah. they get that, that game in uh, Those are all playoff caliber teams that can all give them fits that is going to make that stretch just hellacious for and them. Frankly, dude, I'm looking at all these road games against winning teams for San Antonio down the stretch, and I'm having a hard time giving them a W. That's so. where I'm at. Like, I, I, As much as you just don't bet against the Spurs, man, they're in a tough predicament right I'll now. I'll do it. Screw it. I'm betting against the Spurs. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I was like, what, what, what just happened? No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but I do have them going 8-10 and 10 in that stretch, so they'd finish with 45 wins for me there. Yeah, I have them at 44 and 38. So There's what? a common thread here of how good you're going to have to be to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, I, Harrison Wind of BSN tweeted out a cool stat last night about, like, you know what? I'm not going to do, th- I don't remember it, so I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically highlighting how Denver has played really, really well in in and Utah's just played so much better, and they've erased this gap, and it's actually not a result of Denver necessarily losing a bunch of games. It's just in the West, everyone wins every night. It's just it's, so, it's insane, and even though the schedules yeah. are tough, they just keep keep winning over and over again. So you have them going 8-10 and 10 and finishing with 45 wins. I have them going 7-11 and 11 and finishing with 44 wins. Let's jump to Minnesota, who has fallen all the way to the 6th seed. They are 38-28 and 28 as of right now. What they have going for them is that they won so many damn division and conference games to start the year that they have taken over so many tiebreakers just off the bat. Yeah, so that's th- huge. They'll, they'll be able to kind of bend the equation as they see fit depending on how they finish out. So they have 16 games left three back-to-backs, seven games are on the road, nine are at home, and they only play seven playoff teams in 16 games. So much like Portland last night, this was one of the teams where I said I was really worried about them. Then I actually sat down to go through the schedule. And given what you said, where they're at with the tiebreaker situation because of how they played in the first half of the season, and looking at their remaining schedule, which frankly, TJ, is not that hard compared to some of these other teams, I had a really, really hard time dropping them it's all front-loaded that's what makes me nervous about this because right now as so they have six days off they have not played since friday march 2nd and they play tonight which is thursday march 8th against the celtics so they start their just insane stretch from here on out so they play the celtics at home the warriors at home they then go at washington they go to san antonio and then they have the rockets clippers after that then they get a break with the knicks but then they're a back-to-back with philly in philly and that's that's not an easy game yeah, but the teams are less talented like you said the Knicks then Philly then you have the Grizzlies Hawks Mavericks Jazz Nuggets Lakers Grizzlies Nuggets and they got the so Jazz it's not home. murder row to yeah. finish the, the year out with that being said though this team has not been the same Minnesota team they don't have the three point shooting to really keep up with anybody if they do start scoring on them so even teams like I think that Philly could run them out of the court. I think that Dallas could give them issues because defensively they're just going to struggle throughout this. I think I don't think they have the defensive capability without Jimmy Butler to do a lot of these things. I think Utah could give them fits. I think Denver could beat them twice at the end of the year. I think the Lakers could potentially give them fits. So there are a lot of games that are droppable for this team. I'm not saying they're going to. Um, I have them finishing 9-7 and seven in their last 16, which is kind of mean to Minnesota. I'm probably going to be wrong about that. I have them finishing 9-7. and seven. 
Do you really? I do. Okay, well then I feel a bit better about it because I thought when I read it out loud, I was like, "Oh shit, that's wrong." You know, <laughs> funny as I was going through all these schedules, you know who's really throwing a wrench in this process for me? The, the Lakers. Lakers. Yep, hundred percent. Hundred percent with you on that. So one, I don't have man. to explain that. One, it huh? was one of those things where like I went back through trying to count up wins and losses for these teams, and I switched on the Lakers back and forth every time I yes. counted it up. We just don't know what they are. They're like, just like the ultimate trap game down the stretch. A trap game is a good yeah. way to put it because they're not as talented as any of these teams. Like no one's going to argue well, that, but they're right. playing well and they can sneak up I on you. I wouldn't want to catch them on the road or on a back-to-back at, like, at any point. And when they're hitting stretch, threes so. like this, they're just so damn good. But let's move on. Okay, so I have them finishing 40, 47 and 35, which you also do because we have the same record. Correct. Cool. So OKC is next. 37 and 29, they are in the seventh seed. Oh, boy. They have 16 games remaining. Two of them are back-to-backs. Seven on the road, nine at home against eight playoff teams. Mm. What the hell happens with Oklahoma City? I think they split them, buddy. I got them going eight and eight. Yeah, I have them going nine and seven. So we're close on this. And I have a feeling the Lakers are probably the wrench in this equation once again. Oh, no, they don't play the Lakers. They play the Clippers. I read that wrong. But they have a weird schedule because they don't play tough teams out the gate. No. Oklahoma City could get rolling, and that could be very bad for every every other team in the Western yeah, Conference. So honestly, they could win these next five games. They yeah. got the Suns. They got the Spurs in OKC then the Kings. Then they travel to the Hawks. And on a back-to-back. On a back-to-back, but it is the Hawks. And then they're hosting the Clippers. And sort of when I've been looking at this Clippers team right now, the, sort of the way I did it today was just like Homer away. I, you know, I, I like the more talented teams at home against the Clippers, but I look at those road games as a wild card. But they're hosting the Clippers, so the Thunder could very conceivably go 5-0 and over their next five. And if they get that going and they get some momentum and then you beat Toronto in Toronto after beating the Clippers. I will say... If that happens, they could just start running, man. That's also not going to happen, in my personal opinion. I agree with you're that. You're right. That game is on uh, March but 18th. But the weird part Ooh. is that it's a Sunday game at 11 a- at eleven a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's what so I was going to say, oh. whatever. <laughs> whatever. The is. salt, man. Like, it, like, if you were a snail, you'd be dead. Like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> so tired of being your right-hand man. I want to be a co-pilot. <laughs> Go ahead and fly your. Go ahead and fly. Spread your wings, vote. What you got to say? Circle that game, March eighteenth, eleven in the morning. What were you gonna say? Your point was better than mine. Yeah, so that's definitely a thing because eleven a.m. game on a Sunday is weird in Toronto because you get the time difference. It'll be a one p.m. game te- technically, but it's just going to be a strange feel because those matinee games, you just never know what's gonna happen. How do you feel about that March thirtieth game? The Denver Nugs traveling to OKC. I got OKC winning that one. I have Denver winning that game because it's second Ooh. night of a back to back after playing in San Antonio. Wow. So I do think Denver wins that game. I really do. But then you're also banking on Denver winning a road game when they need one. Uh, There's a lot of things with the Nuggets that don't make sense that are going to have to make sense for things to work out. They're by far the hardest team to do this with. I agree. They were tough. All right. um, So let's circle back around. You have Oklahoma City finishing 8-8, and correct? So they have 45 wins to finish? Yes, sir, which would have them tied with my San Antonio finish at 45. So I have them going 46-36 and with 9-7 and in their last 16 games. So I've been a little bit nicer to these teams so far. So if you're keeping track at home... Don't stop it. Yeah, please, please, doing? please stop. Yeah. Just listen to the words. Don't actually take them for <laughs> what they mean. <laughs> um, the next team, the Clippers. the Clippers. I think we both are in the same boat on this one. I think if there's any team, I look at their talent, I look at their schedule, and I say, you know what? I really, really think they're dropping out. It's the Clippers. I have them going eight and eleven. 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm even meaner than that. I'm going six and 13. Ooh, TJ. So I have. So you don't think Doc Rivers is the coach of the year? No, not, <laughs> not once the season ends. I do not. Um, so right now they are 34 and 29 in the eighth seed. The Clippers are. They're a half game above Denver because they have one less loss. They have the 19 games remaining, four back to backs, which is the most of any of these teams. 10 games on the road, nine at home against 13 playoff teams in their last 19 games. So. With that being said, I have them going six and thirteen. It is just a brutal stretch for them. They play four back to back. So wow. there's a point where they play seven of eight on the road, and it's against the Bulls, Rockets, Thunder. Then you get one game at home against the Blazers. Then you have Timberwolves, Bucks, Pacers, and Raptors before seeing the Bucks again. And then you get Portland to finish the year in Portland, Indiana, San Antonio, Utah, Denver, Pelicans. Like you play so many teams who are trying to vie for that last position that I just don't see them winning all of those games. I see them faltering late and falling off a cliff. And you never root for an injury, but if there's like a betting line, a prop bet somewhere on one of these Clippers getting hurt down the stretch, I would like to take that. Yeah. So, um, DeAndre Jordan's been just, I feel yeah. so bad for him. Milos Teodosic just, it needs to like learn how to become a all around player. They don't have any point of attack defensive guards. Like Austin Rivers does well, but he's so erratic. I just don't give any consistency to him. Yeah, I just man, don't trust this 13 team. Playoff teams, 10 on the road, four back to backs. They're just, frankly, they're the least talented group of, yeah. of this. Yeah. So, so I have them finishing under 500 at 40 and 42. I got them. I flipped that. I'm at 42 and 40. Either way, we both have them missing the playoffs. Yes, that is out of the playoffs. Considering that last year, 500 almost got you in. Oh, they did get you in the playoffs. 41 wins got the Portland Trailblazers the eight seed last year. That will not be the case this year. In my what opinion. year was it when Phoenix missed it with like a... a they like 46 wins. It's or gonna, there's going to yeah. be two teams like that this year. Yeah. So let's move forward and let's let's leave Denver for last. Let's go to Utah. Sure. So right now, Denver and Utah are tied in record, but Denver has the tiebreaker by division record. So Utah right now is 35 and 30. They're the 10 seed in the Western Conference. They have 17 games left, two back to backs, eight on the road, nine at home, eight against playoff teams. The Jazz have one of the more favorable stretches here. They're just they're, the they play bad teams. They do. And so last night we had a uh, sort of a disagreement on the sustainability here. And I, I see where you're coming from. And then I just looked through the schedule and I did this like six times because I thought there's no way. Um, I don't think they can lose many of these games. I think they could win like their first five in a row, like OKC. I have them going 11 and six, TJ, in this stretch, Damn. which is a, a huge. That's the best. That would be the best finish of any of these teams. Doesn't seem right when I say it out loud. And you're right. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm doing this thing where I'm projecting how they're playing now across the rest of the schedule. And that's not how these things work. But I don't know how else to do it. I look at these games and I think Utah's going to win. So I have them at eleven six, which would push them all the way up to forty six wins. This is my thing. I th the thing that they could absolutely lose to New Orleans on the eleventh. I think they can lose to Detroit on the thirteenth. I think they could lose to the Spurs on the twenty third, the Warriors on the twenty fifth, the Celtics on the twenty eighth, the Timberwolves on the first, See, the Clippers on the fifth, and the Warriors on the tenth. That's eight losses right there, which is why I have them going nine and eight in this last stretch. I actually think they're going to win that Spurs game. I don't, the Jazz don't seem like a team that's going to lose these gimme games to me. I, I hope you're right, but because I think it'd be a lot more interesting to have them just gung ho, fire, and going everywhere. Because if they do, they could make themselves a very nice little spot well, in this playoff. Because almost all of those gimme games are also at home, with the exception of that Lakers game. If they the have, like, if they, if they go what you think, they could be in the conversation for the sixth seed legitimately. That's, yeah, that's where I have them. 
So do you really? All right. So let's do this. Let, let, let's hit, let's hit Denver real quick, and then we'll talk about where we have everybody. Sure. So Denver is thirty five and thirty in the nine seed by tiebreaker over Utah. They have seventeen games left, zero back to backs, ten on the road, seven at home, and then ten playoff teams. The thing that's weird about this: ten straight of the so all the playoff teams are ten straight games to finish the year. Jesus, that is going to be where all of this ends up culminating is that seven game road trip. And then the fact that they play and this is backwards order, Minnesota, the Portland Trailblazers, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, the Pacers, the Bucks, the Thunder, the Raptors, the 76ers, the Wizards in a row. That's 10 straight playoff teams as it stands right now in a row. The problem for me when I was going through this nugget schedule is prior to that, right? You sort of got the easier games. Not the stretch you but just there described. Are a lot of road games. Road games, and like, what is more Nuggets than losing a road game against an easy team? So I, the optimist in me, looks at the schedule and goes, "Oh boy, they have a chance." The pessimist in me, the Nug life in me, looks at me and goes, "They're losing that Lakers game. I could see them losing that Miami game. I could definitely see them losing the Philly and Washington. They're not beating Toronto. I mean, I could do this all day, but those road games, it, those are tough. I'm looking at four seven against the Clippers, obviously four nine against the Blazers." 4-11 against the Timberwolves. Wow, man, they're four or five. Their final four games are against are yeah. against these teams. So it's going to be just chaos to finish this year. And not only that, um, so the one, so the last four games of the season. Well, no, sorry, the Clippers have already had the tiebreaker over. But when you play uh, Minnesota twice and Portland once in the last four games of the year, you're going to have tiebreakers decided in that last stretch yeah, as well. Point. And division record because they're split with San Antonio and Utah in terms of their division I, record. I don't know about you, but I looked at that four and I took the Nuggets in the home games and I have them losing the away games. See, and I, Actually, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I have them beating the Clippers on the seventh. I think they don't lose three times. To the Clippers. That's my thing. Yeah. And um I, I honestly I don't know what it is. I believe in this Nuggets team to suddenly just do what we what they always do and just surprise everybody. A, a, just a real poetic justice thing after last year and the way it ended would be four nine. It all coming down to another game with Portland. Only this time it's in Denver and this time the Nuggets kick ass. So uh that's sort of something we can all dream for as as people that want to see this team in the playoffs. TJ, do you have this team in the playoffs? How do you have them finishing? I the do. Stretch? So I have them going ten and seven in their last seventeen. Which is a hot take for a lot of people, I have a feeling. I have them going nine and eight down the stretch. Okay, so we're not too far off. But to your point that you made earlier. <laughs> it's a close race, what baby. What did you say about the West? It's not just about winning games. You got to win the all right of games. Them. Yeah, I mean, other teams aren't going to lose. If Denver goes nine and eight, that's a winning record down the stretch. TJ, that only puts them at 44 wins. I'm sorry, guys. Don't hurt me on Twitter. I have the Nuggets missing the playoffs. Yeah, I have Denver being 45 and 37. So let's just go down what yeah, our give, Western give me, Conference give me ranking will be. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I'm going to include one and two. I do have Houston holding on to the one seed. Okay. Uh, I do think they do because Golden State just doesn't care. Like Golden State will just get to the playoffs and annihilate everybody in their path. So I'm just going to continue to keep Houston Golden State. I have New Orleans as the three seed at 48 and 34. Minnesota at the four seed at 47 and 35. I have Portland as the fifth seed by tiebreaker at 46 and 36 with OKC at six at 46 and 36 again by virtue of tiebreaker. Denver would be the seventh seed at 45 and 37. Utah would be the eighth seed by tiebreaker at 44 and 38 with the Spurs missing the playoffs at 44 and 38 by virtue of tiebreaker. Goodness gracious. And then you have the Clippers as the 10th seed at 40 and 42. So I just want to say that after everything we said last night, as I look at my list right now, I don't like this list at all. <laughs> but You have done nothing but dismantle all of your arguments this entire podcast. Yeah, they're all bad. But you have the Spurs missing the playoffs, which while that's feasible, 
Um, I don't. I just. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I have Portland coming in at three. They sit tight. I've got Minnesota, New Orleans tied. Many would take that tiebreaker in this scenario. So it would be Minnesota at four, New Orleans at five. I got Utah jumping all the way up to six, which, as I say out loud, is not going to happen. <laughs> that That's the one that I was like, I just don't know if I can get on board with that. So it's wrong. Like, 11 and six is not happening because you're right that they're not going to play this well. But that, again, Ricky I, Rubio will not shoot 55% off the bounce. It's just not going to happen. I'm looking at the schedule saying, which of these games do they lose? So I'm... Uh, I Donovan Mitchell, Destroyer of Worlds, and Denver Dreams leads the Utah Jazz to the sixth seed. That would leave the Spurs and the Thunder hanging on by a thread, tied for the 7-8. Spurs and then you would you have take the it. Nuggets and Clippers out, huh? Yeah, Spurs with 7 with a tiebreaker, OKC 8, Nuggets 9, Clippers 10. Wow. All right. <laughs> Hope I'm wrong, folks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting for it. but. And so if this does happen, the first round for mine would be Houston versus Utah, Golden State versus Denver, New Orleans versus OKC, Minnesota versus Portland. Yeah. That'd be fun. Houston, OKC right off the bat. Houston, OKC would be just flames and for Spurs, a first round Spurs, Golden game. State right off the bat. Wow. And then Utah, Portland, and New Orleans, Minnesota. Those are awesome series, honestly, dude. So I, you know what? I changed my mind I hope again. Mine works. <laughs> changed my mind again. I'm right in. I hate I to like break it to list. you. I want to go cover the playoff basketball for the Nuggets. So I'm going to yeah, be selfish here and definitely want to see the Nuggets play Golden State that's up in reasonable. up in Oracle for a playoff setting because that sounds like a little bit of fun. Yeah. Plus, you guys like actually read my stuff if it involves the Warriors. So it's like <laughs> it's views, amazing what baby. the clicks are like and, and when it's an LA team or it's Golden State. I wish I could show you guys the difference between my recap view count on a on a road game in Phoenix versus Golden State in town on a weekend. Or even like the Clippers compared to the Mavericks. One like I just looked at that. It was like a like a four hundred percent difference. It's it was wild. hysterical. It's wild. All right, I, I think we did it. Yeah, I hated that. Uh, but it was <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> I hated that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, okay, sorry. When do the Nuggets play next? I should know. I the Nuggets gonna... play Friday against right the Lakers. Right cool. So here, we'll, that's tomorrow. Yeah. So you and I will be there together. And then the here game. again, podcasting after. Dope, man. Sounds good. We got shoot around in the morning. Apparently, we're giving our schedule out to everybody that's listening to the podcast. Yeah, if you guys are out, I'm going to drive some Lyft, <laughs> hang out at Historians. I'll tweet out the time. No. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to the show and all the feedback we've been getting. All the feedback. What little feedback we've all been getting. All seven comments we've yeah. gotten in no, two months. We do love it, though. Um, we do seem to have a, a small, consistent listening fan base here, and we really appreciate you guys. So keep listening. Keep shouting us out. Any questions, let us know. We'll try to answer them. Yeah, we'll put out a tweet uh, after, before the Lakers game tomorrow about questions you guys may want to have. So we can actually get to your Twitter questions again on the podcast. We haven't done that in too long. Dope. All right, TJ. That's it. Let's go home. You have the Nuggets going, missing the playoffs. I have them making the playoffs. You're the bad guy. I'm the good guy. We're going to roll with this for a little while. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys. Hold the gossip. Stop sweating my pockets. I hear the hot.
Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.